Hey friends, welcome back to the Focus Richmond and Central Virginia Devotional Podcast. Pleasure to be with you again on a Thursday, and as usual, this is Zeke Smith, and I work for Focus here in Charlottesville. And of course, you know, uh, every Thursday we bring you kind of a two-person podcast where we hear from a volunteer or somebody else on staff, and today we have an absolutely essential member of staff, although you may not know her face as readily because she works a little bit more behind the scenes, and that's Emily Ritchie. Hey, Emily. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me, Zeke. Of course. Um, Now, this week, as you all who are in small groups know, we're continuing our Struggle is Real uh, series, and we're actually talking through the struggle with failure. But I was curious, uh, Emily, let's just start before we even get into kind of the passage that you picked out. Um, When you hear that phrase, the struggle with failure, kind of what images or places or things come to mind for you? Hmm. I, it's funny when I was thinking about this podcast, I, um, when I think of failure, I feel really intimately acquainted with it, um, in a, a few different areas of my life, but I definitely think about, um, my high school experience and some either like mistakes I feel like I made then, um, academic failure, things that mm. I feel like I could have done better. And then, relationships, failure in relationships that I've had. Mm, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just through life, like whether it's relationships or, um, and my college experience wasn't perfect either, but yeah, I guess I'm, I'm someone who can be a little bit hard on myself. So sometimes it feels like I'm constantly failing. Um, <laughs> there are definitely bigger instances in life, but failure kind of, I think, uh, can dog us a little bit, especially in our society. Yeah. And I think that's one of the interesting things about the struggle with failure is that all of us know that feeling intimately. Um, that even though I I was conscious, uh, this week actually that I'm 20 years removed, uh, this year is 20 years since I graduated high school. And yet I can still so vividly remember times that I failed or things that I failed at in high school oftentimes way more vividly than things that I succeeded at or (laughs) things that I did well. And failure leaves these kind of stamps on our memory um, that, you know, sometimes our minds play tricks on us and and like to bring back up again and again. You know, like when you're trying to fall asleep at night, it's like, hey, remember that thing that you uh, said that really hurt somebody 15 years ago? Oh, yeah, let's think about that for an hour all the memes about that that are like your anxiety keeping you awake or those things like I oh gosh that so resonates but yeah I think thinking back I as well like I'm pretty removed from high school but the stakes feel so high in high school and I think that's also because um over time like at this point in my life I feel like so many of the people in my life have also experienced a lot of failure or things that they perceive as failure so they have more graciousness for it but Mm in high school, um, like everything feels so important and intense and you have your whole life before you and it feels like the smallest misstep. If you go off course, like you're never going to get back on track. That's it. And I remember feeling that really acutely, um, in terms of like where I was going to go to college and if I failed a math test or (laughs) even if I like, got into a fight with a friend thinking that they were going to abandon me and that would be it. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing how those things don't prove themselves out to be true, 
but yet the the feeling still kind of remains, you know? Um, like we we retain, we hold on to that emotional memory um, more so than being able to let it go, realizing like, oh, actually me not getting into my top choice college was not the end of the world. <laughs> or, you know, um, like you said, this this friend that I had who, you know, turned his back on me or whatever, it, it all turned out okay. We were able to kind of patch things up. Um, but yet that that just like gut punch feeling of like, oh, I screwed something up or I, I didn't do something the way that I wanted to um, still kind of sticks with you and, and has a way of like regurgitating itself. Mm. So uh, I'm really curious, you know, speaking into this struggle is something that the Bible does again and again. Um, what passage, you know, kind of jumped out at you or, or was something that you chose for us to like think about and meditate on together? So there are so many different beautiful parts of scripture that I think speak to um, what it looks like to fail and like how God uh, perceives that or relates to that in us. Um, But the one verse that's sticking out to me right now is from Psalms, uh, Psalm 73, verse 26. And it says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And Mm. I love that this verse talks both about our flesh and about our heart, because I think like, like we were saying, like failure encompasses a lot of different things. Sometimes like our hearts and our minds, we fail in like our thought life or in things that we do to other people. Um, But then like our flesh also fails us like either just like because of the sin within us or also just like our physical bodies sometimes fail. Mm. Um, and I love that this verse underscores sort of like this steadfastness of God in the midst of our failure. So like, even when our flesh fails us and our heart fails us, God is still our strength and he is our portion forever. I think for me, so much of my fear of failure can be tied up in my reputation, like I'm putting air quotes around that, but like my, my reputation or how people will perceive me because of my failure. Yes. Yeah. And, um, just like the sure knowledge that God is still walking with me and alongside me, despite the ways that I feel has been such like the Bible also talks about like Jesus being the anchor for our souls. And I feel like when it comes to failure, like I need that anchor to -hmm. know that I'm not like adrift or alone after I've hurt people in my life or things have gone awry or, or my life has taken a turn. I didn't expect like knowing that I am tethered to God who gives me strength is such a comfort. You know, I, I really love that the Bible doesn't paper over failure or try to pretend like we're supposed to be the best kind of human beings as Christians. Um, you know, the Bible lays out very clearly that we are going to fail, that, you know, my flesh and my heart may fail, as that verse says. Um, and ultimately, that, that that's not how God judges us, that he He knows, you know. And in fact, in the in the Bible story that we discuss in small groups this week, you know, you get a prime example of that, of you know, Peter, a guy who Jesus knew was going to turn his back on him. 
And yet even before that said, Peter, on you, I'm going to build my church. You know, you're going to be the rock who really like founds the early church and builds my gospel. You, this guy who's going to talk a big talk and then turn away from me. Um, And I love that God chooses people like that again and again. You know, it's such a a theme of the scripture. Something that um, those of you who are listening probably aren't aware of is that we as a whole staff have been doing this kind of Bible overview class where you get like a a picture of the whole um, story of scripture. And one of the beautiful themes of that is that God doesn't choose like the awesome and the people who the world looks at as winners. He chooses failures again and again to work through so that it's God's power and God's goodness and God's grace that's going to be put on display. And that's kind of a reminder for me too, because I think, um, you know, I have a pretty deep-seated fear of failure ultimately, um, which is like hard to admit as an almost 38-year-old man that I'm still afraid to do new things or, you know, afraid to start new relationships, afraid that people are going to abandon me or reject me or that I'm not going to be good at something or I'm going to fall in the estimation of people. Um, and you're right. It Just realizing that we have that anchor, that we have a God who, you know, loves us and and cares for us and is our portion through that actually frees me to enter into new relationships, to try new things, um, to even be like bold and honest in, you know, relationships that I already do have. Like when you and I both know, hey, we're, we're going to fail sometimes um, in like our personal relationship, it makes us able to be kind of honest with each other and care for each other and be able to, to be quick to say like, oh, you're right. I, I hurt your feelings. I'm sorry. I screwed up. Um, and admit like, yeah, I failed. Um, I'm a sinner. I I do fail sometimes. And that's kind of a mark of our confidence in God, you know, that he's going to hold us together in relationship that, um, he's going to do that within Christian community, that he's going to do that within like our individual lives. Um, and those failings aren't the things that define us. Absolutely. I love that. And there's something like so beautiful in, in admitting your failure. Like I know when someone comes to me and says like, Hey, I really screwed up my like Mm. respect and the way that I feel close to them changes. Like I feel closer to them when they can bring that to me and admit it. Um, I don't know. We're so hard on ourselves. I like tend to play the, I try or I try when I'm feeling really anxious or when I feel like I've really screwed up to play like the worst case scenario game. So (laughs) I'd say like, okay, so this thing happened (laughs) and I feel like, my whole world is falling apart. But rationally, like, what is the worst case scenario here? Is it that I will be abandoned by someone I love? Or is it that things are going to be different than I thought? And I take myself down that road. And then like, I try to tell myself the things that I know to be true. And like, the truest things that I know, are that I am loved by God. And that God does not want me to be fearful. Um, and that like, he loves me and he knew that this was going to (laughs) happen and like, he still loves me and he still chose me and wants to walk with me. And not only that, but like he has gone before me and prepared a way and like, that's just so comforting. I don't know, it's Easter this weekend and we Mm. can look to the cross in these moments and remember that Jesus did this incredible thing for all of us, knowing 
all the little ways we were going to fail in our lives. Mm. Um, and that is just like such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And ultimately what looks like the biggest failure in history, like us choosing to put the son of God to death was, you know, his plan and his mission to redeem us. Um, and you see, you know, God's pattern again and again in the message of Easter that out of failure, he brings resurrection, you know, he brings new life. And I think that can be good news for, for each of us too, that when we actually admit, yeah, I, I screw up, uh, I mess up, not in just small ways, but big ways, like ultimately I, you know, I do fail. Um, but it doesn't mean that that defines me and defines my relationship with God somehow, even though I do fail again and again, I'm still God's beloved. Um, and he still cared enough about me to, to die for me, which is, um, just kind of the mind blowing core of the gospel. Right. (laughs) And I'm sure you can speak to this seek like I can, but like, I've definitely seen some of these things that I perceive as my biggest failures. I've seen that resurrection in them. Like now I look back on my life and I realize that if I hadn't, some of those things hadn't happened, my life would look so different and maybe not in a way that I like, I love my life. You know, I feel so blessed by it. So like some of those things got me here to where I am now. Yeah. I think that's a really, really good word. Cause I think the struggle with failure is kind of a struggle of the moment. Um, and sometimes the struggle with failure turns into kind of like a more long-term, you know, triumph of, of God's work in our lives. Right. Not of like, our own story of triumph of like, I managed to pull myself up by my bootstraps and rebound out of that failure. And, you know, I made myself better and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you're right. Like there are so many times where something that I handled poorly or failed in or, or didn't do as well as I wanted to have, um, God used that to like humble me or show me new things about myself or show me new things about him and really brought like new life and beauty out of it. I, I do also think that's why it's so important for us, just what you were talking about, to kind of bathe ourselves in the truths of Scripture and like the, the bigger promises of the Bible. You even see that in the psalm that you're quoting that one verse from, Psalm 73, which is about this person looking at other people and being like, why are they successful? And, you know, things are going so wrong for me. You know, it's like they're, they're feeling like a failure in the moment. And yet they're having to remind themselves of the bigger picture. You know, the psalmist is having to say, like, I know that God is faithful and that God will take care of me. Totally. Yeah, that's such a good point. I think I would be, like, remiss to say that, like, when I'm telling myself those things that, like, I I came up with that out out of, you know, thin air because... Like, really, I am so quick to forget the, like, the thing, like, God's heart and, like, the the quickest, easiest way to be reminded of that is to, like, be reading the Bible. And there have been so many times, that, like, you know, I've been having a down day and then I read a verse in the Bible and I'm like, oh, my gosh, right. Like, th- th- God loves me and, like, God <laughs> is steadfast, you know. And so, like, in those moments of failure, I think it's in order to tell yourself truth, you have to be like in the truth, reading the truth, soaking yourself in the truth, like you were saying. Yeah. I mean, I think we, we only fight failure with, um, with love, you know, and, and that doesn't come from like within ourselves. Cause like you said, we have great capacity for self-loathing, unfortunately. 
Um, and I think in, in today's culture, especially we, we have so many opportunities to say like, uh, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't measure up, you know, every advertisement is basically based on like, you're not enough until you buy our product. Um, and yet we see something totally different in the biblical story. And it's that, yes, you're not enough, but Christ was enough in your place. You know, um, you did fail and yet, uh, God succeeded, uh, on your behalf and then gave you his perfect record in, in his cross and resurrection. You know, I think that frees us from some of the fear of failure moving forward. Totally. Well, thanks, Emily. Um, I think that was a super powerful meditation on how we fight the, the struggle with failure. Um, and I hope that you all have, you know, enjoyed, uh, thinking about that this week, even though it is kind of a hard topic. I think it's something that all of us relate to so intimately. So thanks for sharing your heart with us, Emily. Oh, thanks for having me, Zeke. We'll be back next week for another round of the Focus Richmond and Central Virginia devotional podcast. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe. And this weekend, we hope you remember the love of God for you, and we hope you're continuing to allow the love of God to work through you. See you next Tuesday, friends. Bye.